Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about the Republican primary debate, the Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom debate, and more. So let's get into it. Before we get started, listeners, I would like to remind you to please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe to our channel on YouTube. And a little programming note regarding our YouTube channel. I recently discovered that the links that we put in the description weren't showing up as proper links to be clicked on. So I've slowly been going back through some of the past uploads and fixing the links. So if you happen to have ever tried to click on the link so they didn't work, I apologize for that. But hopefully, I'll have those all updated soon. And going forward, you should be able to click on the links in the description. And this really only applies to YouTube. If you're familiar with your own favorite podcast player, you should be able to access the links in the show notes there. And to get started with the news, we're going to talk about the fourth Republican primary debate that took place recently. It was held by News Nation, I believe is the channel, in sponsor with, I guess, Rumbles, where they stream it online. And it was moderated by Megan Kelly and two other ladies who I, I'm not familiar with, so I don't really remember their names. It was definitely interesting to see her back in sort of like prime time, even though it's yeah. not really prime time because of this you know news nation on rumble but right i thought it was very interesting to see her there i didn't really right, yeah <clears throat> i kind of forgotten that she was going to be one of the moderators and i thought they did a pretty good job at handling the candidates i'm sure it's easier that there's only four of them that were on the stage this time as opposed to uh, seven eight of them yeah they've definitely been dwindling down Right. And also, I didn't realize this was the fourth one. I feel like I missed one somewhere along the way. but <laughs> Yeah, I almost didn't know uh, this one was coming up because I hadn't really heard about it prior till I feel like, the week before. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a pretty interesting one. Uh, as usual, you know, if you want to talk about who who you think won, I think... The winners, whoever you already liked. <laughs> I still think that's the case for most people. I mean, I'm sure there's some folks out there who might have their minds changed or opinions swayed a little bit by some of these debates. But for the most part, whoever you like going into them, so you like coming out of them. But that's not to say that somebody can't have you know, criticisms for their favorite person's debate. Like, I'll start with Ron DeSantis because he's so far as my uh, big ticket winner. I thought he did pretty good, as he usually does. I would say my one of my criticisms is he sometimes doesn't really answer questions very directly, but that's, of course, typical of politicians. And he also always has these little... Anecdote and and anecdotal. Yes, that that word. It's always hard to get out and not confuse with antidote. But yeah, he always has one of those little stories. In his, I think his most popular ones talk about the woman who had to go take stuff out of her shopping cart when she got to the checkout counter. 
but for a positive, I thought he did a pretty good job at kind of hammering both Chris Christie and Nikki Haley on their weak stances regarding these transgender treatments for minors. Right. He kind of took took both of them to task on that. Like, recently, Nikki Haley was on TV saying that it should be left up up to the the law and the parents, or the law should stay out of it, sorry. The law should stay out of it and should be left up to the parents. And Chris Christie also believes that same thing. Which, you know, we're not talking about some 16-year-old who wants to get a tattoo. We're talking about, you know, children and you know, young teenagers who are being convinced to remove their genitals and well, right. inject themselves with chemicals and hormones that will, in some cases, permanently, well, probably not even in some cases, most cases, probably all cases, permanently alter their body. Yeah, sterilize them. Right. Pretty it's, much. It's a completely different, you know, topic, whether if you want to compare it to, like, the whole tattoo thing. Well, absolutely, and there is nuance to it. Right. Like, just generally speaking, I mean, because the sound bites that I heard from the debate, you know, I won't speak about anything other than the debate, but Mm -hmm. um, Chris Christie was saying, you know, I've always sided with parents, Mm -hmm. and I think parents ought to be able to have, you know, the buck should stop with them, basically. Mm And he said the comment that, and you might not always agree with what parents want to do for their child or whatever, but that they ought to have that freedom. Right. Well, the only problem is with that Mm. is sure in your household, do whatever you want. Nobody, the school, the state, the federal government, nobody should be saying what happens in your house, Mm -hmm. you know, but to force the trans issue into the schools by allowing the boys to use the girls' bathrooms and vice versa or carving out special rules that say trans people use the third-party bathrooms or, you know, like what they call the family restrooms Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Well, that influence still spells over in the school ecosystem. So, you know, so the other kids, let's say somebody who's more sheltered, and doesn't realize that this trans phenomena is going on, well, now they see it. You know, mm-hmm. there's the school made a special bathroom. Why? You right. know how kids gossip and stuff. And then next thing you know, your kid's learning about all this stuff that you don't want them to know from, right. from the school environment. So, you know, you have to take certain things like that into account, mm-hmm. too. And we're dealing with minors. Right. So I think it should be pretty stiff, you know, actually, right. that this shouldn't be allowed in the school. And if you want to go home and do whatever, fine, <laughs> but not here. Right. Well, I think, at least for Rhonda Santos's part, calling them out, it's it's beyond just the school stuff. It's allowing parents to even go to the doctors and get their, you know. children's genitals removed when they shouldn't be. I think that's kind of mostly what they're getting out with that uh, particular subject. Well, I agree. And that's why I talk about the spillover, though, too. Because, you know, if Johnny 
leaves on a Friday as Johnny and comes back on a Monday as Susie, you know, I mean, that's going to have, that's going to ripple through the school. And mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and, and, you know, like, particularly with young girls, you know, you often hear, well, you don't often hear, but you have, people have heard about stories of, like, eating disorders and, you know, uh, having issues with uh, body image. And we wouldn't really allow parents to indulge their child's delusions and let them purge themselves and gorge themselves and starve themselves right, and all that mm-hmm. to let them go along with how they perceive themselves because it's harmful to them. Well, and often you'll see with, you know, adolescents that things are like fads, mm-hmm, you know, temporary. Oh, Brittany made herself puke. So I'm going to make myself puke. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine that. Imagine, mm-hmm. you know, just cause I said Johnny before Johnny went home as Johnny and came back as Susie. Well, imagine that Johnny's best friend says, Oh, well, mm-hmm. I want to be Jennifer. You right. know, I don't want to be John. I want to be, and they're doing it just because <laughs> their yeah. friend did it. Yeah. There definitely been some people who've talked about this as like a, a, a social contagion. Yeah. Uh, happening amongst younger people. Exactly. Right. And that's what I'm seeing. I mean, I wasn't necessarily talking about Ron DeSantis. I was just saying that between the two, Nikki Haley and, and mm-hmm. Chris Christie, he seems to be weaker on the issue, yeah. even though I think he's got better sounding sound bites. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so right. that's the only distinction I wanted to make there. And, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Right. And that's why I actually side with Ron DeSantis, and I like that he called them out for mm-hmm. it, because I think that's something that we should be very stern on as a society. Right. The schools and our society in general, you know. Right. You shouldn't be allowed to do that as a minor. Right. And I think uh, for Christian Haley negatives that I had about their debate, I'd probably pick that, that they're, that they're kind of weak on that, that issue. But the positives, I would say for Christy, it's, it's kind of hard to come up with one since he's so anti-Trump, but I think he does do a pretty good job at telling it straight when it comes to some, some issues like foreign policy issues and stuff like that. Cause he is good about doing that, I think. But he's just so anti-Trump, I don't know why he's even running. Well, it's like, you know, Ben Shapiro said in that post-debate analysis that we listened to. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's got some really good political instincts. Right. He's been through the ringer. Right, yeah. In his political career. He's been through a lot, and he's done some good. Mm -hmm. But... It almost seems anymore like he's just going through the motions, though, that he's just like a, a talking head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's basically is what he is. He does the whole network circuit. He's right. on CNN and MSNBC and all their panels and Fox News and whatever. He'll take any media interview from anybody. <clears throat> I think they're right. the ones paying his paychecks, you know, anymore. But I don't know, though, because... Something about it, just the performative aspect, mm-hmm. just screams out to me as that he's like a hack anymore, though, too. Yeah, right. I mean, I feel like if this wasn't his campaign, the 
you know, anti-Trump campaign because the way he talks about him, he sounds like a leftist with Trump derangement syndrome. Mm-hmm. That he's such a dictator. I mean, I have my own problems with Trump. I've aired them on the show, but he's certainly not a dictator. Because you, you know how you know he's not a dictator. How's that? Because he's not in office right now. <laughs> Dictators don't leave office so easily. I mean, sure, he you know, kind of drug his feet and put up a fight in his own way. But he left. He's not our president now. Joe Biden is. So how's, how's he a, a dictator? He's well, a, one of the only other things that I have to say about him is mm-hmm. I think it's just so obvious, like you've said, that he's sort of a one-trick pony yeah. at this point right mm-hmm. now. It's just anti-Trump, anti-Trump, anti-Trump. Right. But what just kills me about it is you can visibly see that he takes enjoyment from being anti-Trump. Hmm. At that last point, you remember one of the last points he makes in the debate is he says, folks, you know, in November, you guys are going to go out to vote. Oh, uh, yeah. But then he gets this smirk on his face and he says, but you know who won't be able right. to vote? And yeah. it's like, why would you take so much enjoyment out of imagining that this man who's done no wrong is stripped of his right to vote, mm-hmm. won't be electable, blah, blah, blah. And that's the part that really just sours me right. to yeah. Chris Christie is you can just see the joy that bashing Trump brings him. And right. I don't like that. That's right. awful. I don't either. <clears throat> but yeah... You know, like I said, I think Chris Christie would definitely be doing a little better if he, if his campaign wasn't the anti-Trump campaign. If he was actually running to be president, I think he'd be doing okay. Um, but he's not. And that, I guess, Vivek, we haven't talked about Vivek yet. Uh, he is certainly a lightning rod. <laughs> he, he likes to stir stuff up, I suppose. Yeah, he's something all right. <laughs> he's uh, in, very interesting to watch. Yeah. I'll say I, that. Yep, I'll give him that. He's uh, definitely commanding when he's speaking on the stage. Or, like, commands your attention. But I think he really disappointed me when he... I don't know what exactly to phrase it as. He went after Nikki Haley's conversion to Christianity. Because if listeners don't know, Nikki Haley's uh, an Indian, oh, of Indian descent. Her par- parents immigrated here from India. But I su- guess at a certain point, she chose to uh, convert ch- to Christianity because I assume her previous faith was Hinduism or of some sort. And for whatever reason, Vivek had to bring this up. And to me, it seems like he was trying to bring it up to suggest that she can't be trusted because she's converted her faith. I think that is his point. Because he had made some other quote. There's some other quote out there where he said, like, the easiest thing for me to do would be to change my name and convert to Christianity. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he hasn't done that. So I think he's just doing it as a comparison to her Mm -hmm. to either imply or outright state that she's disingenuous, that she's just a politician, she's not a genuine person. I mean, I suppose that can certainly be true. 
I mean, nobody has pointed anything out to me to to really suggest that it is. I mean, I guess I would want to know at what point she decided to convert. Did she do it shortly before she was going to start running for office? If so, then I would certainly understand where he's coming from a little bit more. I think it's just sort of a whole can of worms yeah. kind of argument mm-hmm. because... I don't think somebody else's faith is really my business. Right. Because nobody, I mean, out of the four people that were on that stage, he, as far as I'm aware, he's he would be the only one who's not a Christian. I don't know how religious Chris Christie is. I certainly don't think he's like agnostic. Well, he could be agnostic. I don't think he's an atheist, Chris Christie. But Ron DeSantis is certainly a Christian, as and I suppose uh, Nikki Haley is. I shouldn't say I suppose, but uh, she identifies that way. That leaves Vivek. He's the only one who's not. So if he's going to go after Nikki Haley's faith, it almost seems like everybody else could say, well, you're not even of a Christian faith, so how are you going to uphold? Well, how how can we trust that you're going to uphold the Judeo-Christian values of this country? I mean, I certainly wouldn't make that argument. I don't have a problem with uh, Vivek being a Hindu or whatever his religion is. Well, of course not. But I think, you know, I think he's sort of making a faux pas because there used to be things, I know the world has changed, but Mm -hmm. there used to be things that you didn't discuss. Right. You know, and I would put someone else's faith Mm -hmm. in that column of things that you don't discuss. Yeah. But we're talking about somebody who's basically, you know, with an asterisk, first-time politician. He's not exactly an American in the traditional sense, you know, because he has these... He he still clings to his Indian roots and mm-hmm. his... Uh, the faith that comes along with that, right. you know, from the old world and, mm-hmm. and everything. So I don't know... I mean, I don't want to say anything too negative, but... He almost just comes across to me like he's just grasping at straws. Right. Or another way to put it would be to just throw it, throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So right. I think in that way, like I say, I think the thought is he's trying to sh- paint Nikki Haley as being disingenuous. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know how well that comes across to the average American person. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that that'd be my biggest uh, complaint about Vivek's performance at that debate. Uh, I don't know if I really have a positive. He did okay otherwise, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything specific. Other than that, that uh, I thought it was very, very distasteful to go after uh, Nikki Haley's religion. He did give the impression to be picking on her. Yeah, that seemed to be the impression that's from everybody. Because even Nikki Haley kind of said it herself at one point. Something like, I love all this attention you guys are giving me. Something like that. But yeah, it seems like they were all kind of ganging up on her. Because she has been rising in the polls. So that's usually the, the target. Well, I'll tell you, because I don't know how much more we have to say on, you know, these uh, Well, debates, there's only one other thing I wanted to try to run through with this real quick. I think, now if I could pick and choose, uh, like, who's going to drop out next, you know, kind of play that game. 
barring all but Ron DeSantis out of those four dropping out, which, you know, is not realistic. I think Vivek should go first because his votes would primarily be split probably most to Donald Trump first and then DeSantis and then maybe some to Nikki Haley. And then Chris Christie should drop out because his votes definitely aren't going to go to Trump. Well, a very small number anyway. Then probably Nikki Haley would get the majority of his votes and then Ron DeSantis. And then I think if Nikki Haley dropped out, all her votes, or most of them, would probably go to Ron DeSantis. Because everybody else on that stage is running as the not-Trump candidate. So we gotta start whittling them down to Trump versus not-Trump. And I'm certainly no analyst or pollster, but if I had to bet on it, it seems like it should just whittle down to Ron DeSantis anyway because he'd have the most votes that aren't going to go to Trump. Well, that seems to be the way it's going. Yeah. And what I was about to say is one of the things that drives me nuts with these things because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a big performative aspect to it. Mm -hmm. I hate when things get cheesy, you know, when they have these cheesy lines and these cheesy moments and, Mm -hmm. oh, it just... It's cringe to me. It's like nails on a blackboard. And there were a couple of them. Vivek, of course. Mm -hmm. He had some real cheesy moments that I didn't really care for. Like, he was calling them all out for saying that they've all supported Trump before, but now they're Monday morning quarterbacking Uh their decision to support Donald Trump, and they're trying to, you know, Monday morning quarterback it. Yeah. He said he had to hit that twice because he really cared about that, making that point, that mm-hmm. they've all supported Donald Trump. Well, excuse me, but just from listening to Vivek, it sounds like he has supported Donald Trump at various times. Right. He's so, basically Trump mini-me. Yeah, so who is Monday morning quarterbacking anything? And what a cliche. I just hate mm-hmm. that line so much it's ridiculous. Right. Not everybody's a sports watcher. Not every, that's not just a super applicable term. You know what I mean? Right. Monday morning quarterbacking usually refers to people who have watched a sports game and they say, oh, the coach should have done this at mm-hmm. halftime and the coach should have done that. And yeah. the coach. Well, this is politics, man. Uh-huh. And what's it got to do with football? It, it just doesn't seem to really be a great term. And it's something that you see all the pundits on TV say. Mm-hmm. All these, like, the Morning Joe types of people in the world. Right. The Whoopi Goldbergs on The View and that, that kind of thing. It's just such a sort of ridiculous term. I don't like it. Right. So when I hear those sort of catchphrases like that, drives me nuts. Right. Another big one is Chris Christie. Because, yeah, they're not as cliche, like traditional cliche, But it's almost like you can see it, like I was saying before. He gets this smirk on his face, and he gets you can see the joy come into his eyes. Mm -hmm. And you know he's about to deliver some zinger about Trump. (laughs) Yeah. And that just, I don't know, it turns my stomach in a way. Because it's, it's so predictable. Even though I don't know what he's about to say, I can bet you a hundred bucks it's going to be anti Trump. Mm -hmm. And. So I don't really have two about Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. I mean, 
something about Nikki Haley and me. I talked about it the last time we discussed Nikki Haley, so I don't really want to delve into this, but something about her just hits me as cringe, period. Yeah. She's kind of a very cringy person in my book. But I don't have any specific examples of cringe or cliche from the debate. Um, But I will say that Ron DeSantis gave me no big... I mean, I'm sure he had his lines and his setups and his, you know, things ready to go. But none of them just hit me as, oh boy, that's that's pretty ridiculous. I Mm -hmm. can't believe he said that. So, oh, I'll let you finish, but I did remember something about Nikki Haley that I'll bring up real quick. Well, you can you go ahead and say it, because the only other thing I was going to do is to give my sort of ranking uh, of who I see should drop out right. first. Well, I I remember the one cringe thing from Haley, Nikki Haley this past debate that we both got a big kick, good laugh out of. When she threw out that statistic... That for every 30 minutes a day that somebody spends on TikTok, they become 17% more anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, we both got a good laugh right? out of that. If you do the math, within three hours, you're over 100% anti-Semitic. Well, you're basically Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> That's. Yeah, we both got a good laugh out of that statistic because it sounds so funny. Like, what? Uh, but yes, uh, that was probably one of her cringe moments. I would love to see where she pulled that from. I'm sure that there's some kind of data or some kind of report or something that she's drawing off of. Uh-huh. But the way it came out just sounds so preposterous. Yeah, that it, spending that time makes you, you know, a very specific percentage more anti-Jew. <laughs> just sounds kind of crazy. It does. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so farcical. Right. The idea that you or I could sit and watch TikTok for three hours and we're going to be any different or have any different (laughs) opinions or we're going to suddenly, oh, I support Hamas and Uh fly the flag out in front of our house. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, it's just sort of ridiculous. But yeah, anyway, now we can move on to you, uh, Ron DeSantis and your little breakdown. Well, I won't overly complicate this, okay? Because for me, mine's slightly different. We're different people, okay? Uh-huh. But yep. mine's slightly different than you. First of all, I think Chris Christie should drop out because, in my opinion, and that's all it is, but it also seems pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. He's not really running a campaign for himself. He's running a campaign against Trump. Right. That's not a campaign. Yeah, I, I don't that. think that's going to get you into the White House. It's sort of ridiculous. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Secondly would be Nikki Haley. This becomes a little more personal, but she is sort of the neocon mm-hmm. candidate. Right. And we're already in this hotbed of mess all around the world. There's all these wars and all this activity going on. I don't want somebody who's going to pour gas on the fire in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and i do think that would be nikki haley right third would be vivek because i like him he's energetic he's young he's different Mm -hmm. he's the sort of person i would love to see be come a republican president Mm -hmm. but i don't think he's the right man for the moment sure plus i think there's a trust issue 
you know, sort right. of like what I was just saying, where even in my opinion, he's been hypocritical, where he's calling them out for supporting Trump, but then he basically has been echoing all of Trump's lines right. throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the last thing I'll say is I have, through these debates, I have come closer and closer and closer to Ron DeSantis, which mm-hmm. I didn't really see in the beginning. I didn't think Ron was the man for the moment, but more and more and more, mm-hmm. I am believing that Ron DeSantis should be the next Republican president. Right. I feel like his time is now or never. I mean, because he made a good point yes, in did. the debate. We're only going to get four years of Trump, and then we got to do this all over again. we got to find a new Republican candidate going against who knows what Democrat. And then if we can get you know, Ron DeSantis in there, I feel like, especially if he does well, more people are likely just to vote for him again, second term, than a potentially unknown Democrat. And we'd much rather have eight years of a Republican than only four and have to do the whole shenanigans again. So, right. and even if if Trump does get his four years, well, Ron DeSantis has only two years left in his governorship, and which ends halfway through what would be Trump's term. And then what's he going to do for the next two years? Because some people think, well, he can just go 2028. Well, he's got to make sure he stays relevant for two years. Because or else his you know his fire could be gone. He's got the fire now. So I I I think now is his best chance if he's going to do it. And he very well may may lose. He might not win. But like I said, I think now is his best moment to win if he's going to go for it. Well, there's two things I'll say on that. Mm-hmm. Just because you know this is our channel, and I can say it. I I will say it. But. <clears throat> First of all, I agree with the timeline. I mm-hmm. think that that's genius. I think he's making a great point. I think, you know, just like you've said, the fire, he's got it, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's wonderful. In a in a way, that's almost convincible enough to me to just say, yeah, forget Trump. Let's do it. Let's go mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis all the way, baby. Let's do it because, you know, I mean, it, it just seems to line up the trajectory mm-hmm. looks so good for the next eight years. Right. <clears throat> but there's still part of me that loves Trump. Sure. There and are definitely things to love about him. If you remember the first time around, he had promised he was going to drain the swamp and do all this stuff. Okay. And it mm-hmm. didn't exactly work out that way. Right. But this time, because of what he's been put through, he is saying clearer than ever that he's gonna basically lop off heads from day one when Mm -hmm. he gets in there and i don't know what it is about me and just american politics you know we've been following for years and Mm -hmm. there's been so much stuff so much frustrating things go on right i mean i could just point to a quick couple examples i'll hit my favorites eric holder you know, did some nasty things. Oh, yeah. Nothing really happened. Lois Lerner did some nasty things. Nothing really happened. Obama himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of wrapped up in the other two names I said, but he was involved in some pretty nasty scandals. Biden 
And Hillary Clinton, of course, sitting there saying, what's it matter if they went for a walk or took their dogs out and got killed? What's it matter? You know, and nothing ever happens to these people. Right. But they're cooking. They're trying to cook Trump like a fried egg, you know? Yeah. And there's just that is so exciting for me to imagine him actually going in there and really doing something about the mess in Mm -hmm. Washington. That part of me still wants to vote for Trump. Right. Yeah. I think that's certainly a good case. I I know if I was going to play devil's advocate, the only thing I would say is, you know, we can't be so sure he's actually going to be able to get it done since he didn't do it the first time. I know he's got, you know, kind of the... Vendetta. Yeah, exactly, to, like, give him a better reason to, to try to do it, but... You know, we can still never be certain if he's actually going to be able to do it. But, no, we're still never certain if Ron DeSantis is going to be all that great. So, But see, in a way, just the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because like you were saying, this is the time for Mm -hmm. DeSantis. He's got the fire. Well, I sort of feel that way with Trump, too. Yeah, I I see that. Because if if it doesn't happen now, if it's not Trump then I feel like I basically better just forget my grievances mm-hmm. because nothing's ever going to be done. I don't see Ron DeSantis going after Hillary Clinton. I don't see anybody in the future ever dragging these things back up again. If it's not going to be Trump, those issues, and there are more. I only listed like five little things. Right. There's plenty more. And if those things don't get put under a microscope and don't get litigated, so to speak, I don't think they ever will. Yeah. And I would guess that most people probably would would think that they never will. Well, yeah. I mean, in a way, you might say it's a done deal. It's all in the past. But mm-hmm. that just kills me because that... Of course. It sounds like Hillary Clinton. What's it matter now? And it's like, yeah. it just crushes my soul. I, something should be done about it. Yeah. I can agree with that. But anyway... Like I was saying, Ron DeSantis keeps coming up and, and up and up and up, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because I, I can't say, I mean, I always liked Ron, but I was sort of so on the Trump train. I still kind mm-hmm. of am, like I just said, but Ron DeSantis, you know, let me put it this way. Trump hasn't been in these debates. Right, he's yeah. not been standing his own. He's not been standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder with these people, whereas Ron has right yeah and i understand that they're throwing the book at trump and everything like that and like chris christie got so giddy about they're trying to deprive him of the right to vote and be president ever again and all this kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff so i mean that is out there and if that's how it comes down and trump can't vote and can't trump can't run and can't become president maybe they put him behind bars ron DeSantis is looking like a fresh rose you know yeah no baggage, no nothing. Right. He's out there. He makes a lot of sense. He sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many of you would have caught it, but he did a debate against Gavin Newsom. Yeah, just, Governor of California. Right. And so I thought I'd just bring up, because you said, you know, who knows in the next cycle what Democrat he may be running mm-hmm. against or whatever. Well... I'll tell you, that's who I envision is Gavin Newsom. Yeah. I don't know who would be better from the Democratic side. Well, it makes sense because I believe his term 
is also in his governorship term is also in line with the same year as Ron DeSantis. So he'll be out of his term in 2026, mm-hmm. the same time Ron DeSantis would be if he's not the president. Right. And that's one of the things that I think is interesting and sort of telling in mm. a way. I don't know who's telling me this, but something's sort of telling that they're mashing up Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom and that they're both going after it and they're both doing a debate against mm. each other for no reason, seemingly yeah. no reason, yeah. you know? One of the more interesting quotes that came out of that debate was from Gavin Newsom, and he looked right in the camera and said, well, one thing I can guarantee you is that neither of us are going to be on the ticket, you know, for the general, for this cycle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what makes you so sure? Because we still have roughly a year to go, and who knows what may happen. And I bet if they put Newsom up on the ticket, he'd be on the ticket. Mm-hmm. So where does he get off saying, you know, like he knows the future, neither right. of us are going to be on the ticket? Well, I think Sean Hannity even tried to get Newsom to say, you know, if they came to him, would he would he take it? And I think he definitely did not answer it straight. He, you know, dodged it like like a politician does. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he would take it, even though he's trying not to say Because he could have just said no if he would, if he legitimately did not want to do it if they came to him. He can just say no. But he's not saying no because he wants to leave that door open. Of course. Yeah. Which is why he's doing the damn debate to be out yeah. there, to be in, you know, center stage and in, mm-hmm. in people's minds. But anyway, there were some other points. Now, this is where I will get just slightly negative on Ron DeSantis sure. is because I think there were some real missed opportunities in this debate with Gavin Newsom. There were some things that they got into, you know, like talking about the lockdown protocols mm-hmm. under COVID and how California governed itself versus how Florida, right. you know, was governing itself. And I just remember sitting there listening to that. And thinking, well, Ron, everybody in America was going to Florida. Everybody, there were all these celebrities, politicians, AOC. Everybody, her name too. Everybody was down in Florida. So for somebody like Gavin Newsom to say that California did it right and California did it early and California did it best and all this, I would have been like, oh yeah, well then why did everybody and their mother? come to florida right well he he did mention that little story about gavin newsom's father-in-law yeah coming and talking to him in florida and well he said he moved there yeah that's yeah i understood it yeah he moved to florida and then spoke to ron DeSantis and said he liked it there so he kind of he I mean he should have made drove that point home a little bit more kind of well, like yeah, usually everybody was coming to florida the point was about the covid mm-hmm. protocols and everything right. And, you know, Gavin was trying to say, well, we followed CDC and we did this and mm-hmm. we did everything right. We were just in lockstep with right. with what the CDC said. And if I were Ron, instead of being on the defensive about, well, we did everything as we were told and as we were supposed to and we called panels and we did blah, blah, blah. No, I would have just been like, well, then why did everybody come to Florida? Right. Yeah. Yep. That pretty much makes it pretty clear. Yeah, and there were some other 
just missed opportunities like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really have like a list of them because I don't, I, you know, Ron didn't come off as negative. Right. And I don't really have negative things to say about him. Mm-hmm. I just think he could have hit Gavin Newsom a lot harder because, in yeah. my opinion, Gavin Newsom's a joke. Right. I mean, there's even times where, you know, because there were points where Sean Hannity would put, like, stats and stuff and data up on a screen, I guess, for them to see. Right. And there were even times when Gavin Newsom was sitting there talking about whatever the info was related to trying to talk about how good California is regarding that subject. And Ron DeSantis would just say, the the data's right there, right in front of you. Right. And, he, of course, Newsom doesn't care because he's got a, a, a narrative and an agenda and an ideology to push, regardless of what the data is right in front of his own eyeballs. Right. So I, I, I didn't have any, like, notes because I wasn't prepared to take notes while I was watching it. But yeah. I thought it was a reasonable showcase of the two uh, different policy directions. Just like when we first kind of heard about this debate possibly happening, I mentioned that I think that's what it would be good at doing is giving them the chance to show the differences between conservative policies and more liberal policies. Well, exactly, and like I'm saying is, I don't think it's just me in -hmm. America who thinks Gavin Newsom's a joke. I think he's a joke to a lot of people, Yeah, and I think Ron could have pointed that out. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody should remember the French Laundry incident, Mm -hmm. you know, where he went, whatever, the restaurants were supposed to be closed, or you weren't supposed to be in groups larger than Mm -hmm. whatever, four or six, or what, I don't remember exactly. Right. But then he gets caught... Whatever it was, I'm sure you remember the story. I just don't remember the exact particular details, but it was either like after hours or while the restaurant was supposed to be shut down or he was in a group much larger than he was supposed to be in or something Mm -hmm. like that. Sitting elbow to elbow. Yeah, and it's like if I were Ron DeSantis, I would have said, you know, what national headlines did I make? Did you see me go to the French Laundry? Right. When I wasn't supposed to? No, that was you. Did you see me go to a hairdresser when they were supposed to be closed down? No, right. that was your aunt. Right. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> Pelosi. Pelosi. Is that even his aunt? I don't I don't I remember. No They're idea. related somehow. Oh, okay. Yeah, the only headlines Ron DeSantis made are the incorrect headlines about how he's killing all the old people in Florida by not locking stuff down. Uh-huh. What but, a great statistic. Yeah. And how'd that turn out? He's still got plenty of old people down there, I'll tell you. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, this is one of the differences between liberals and conservatives, in my opinion, but I think it would have been much better to do it the Ron DeSantis way and just say, screw the statistics. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the states like California, where they did go total lockdown, they just had those old people dying all mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. In these care facilities right. without their family members around, like nobody literally, able to access. Yeah, literally on their deathbeds, not being able to see their family. And that's terrible. I'm right. sorry. I just don't agree with that. You know, there are, for, for as long as man has been around, there have been people who brave diseases to help others. And, you know, if my grandmother were dying... I would want to go hold her hand. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's contagious or not. Right, exactly. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so I just think that's terrible what mm-hmm. what the country did at that time as far as yeah. the elderly. And I think if you want to say, well, you killed more people because you allowed, you know, because you didn't lock them down, mm-hmm. or you killed more people because you did lock them down, oh, well, which one's worse? Right. I'd rather die with my family around me than yeah. die alone in a cold place. Right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, so I I thought that debate with Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom was a pretty good one. I thought it was good in exposing... Because here's the kicker. Uh-huh. You remember how it ended? No. They both spontaneously agreed that they'd stay on for another oh, hour. Oh, yeah, and then and we keep come debating. back from commercial and poof, they're gone. Gavin Newsom had to go. It was uh-huh. all Gavin Newsom. Was it? I, I didn't it? Yeah, it was confirmed by like six different outlets that oh, okay. Newsom, his wife or girlfriend or who, I don't know what it is, but I think wife. she had told him no. Basically, if you read between the lines, uh-huh. they're mopping the floor with you. We're not going to keep doing this. Yeah, no, look like a fool. Yes, she shut him down and uh-huh. said no. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, well, wow. I mean, because that makes you look even worse, right? Than yeah. if you came back and kept letting Ron DeSantis mop the floor with you, right? At least you can stand there and take it. Right. But to walk away after... Agreeing. Uh, exactly. I feel like Newsom was the first one to say yes. I, uh-huh. If I recall, I, I feel like Ron didn't really say anything because he almost didn't seem sure about sticking around. Well, because nobody expected it, even yeah. Sean. He right? was like, what? Well, uh, I guess... Yeah, well, yeah. I guess we'll stay on for another hour. Right. And the next thing you know... oh, Now, Sean, to save face, Ron and Sean... Both said that it was by mutual agreement, but no, it's out there. Like six mm. different outlets have confirmed that it was all Newsom mm. that said we're not going to keep going. Right? Yeah, because he pretty much looked like a fool. Well, he is a fool, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, I don't know how much the debate helped Ron's presidential campaign, but I'd like to know how many people watched it. I mean, if mm. you're out there. And you watched it. I mean, please comment, send us something, send us an email. I'm very curious to know yeah. how many. I mean, because surely our listeners are like minded. So I wonder, did this draw a large audience? I wish I had that statistic. I should have looked mm-hmm. it up before we came on. <clears throat> but listeners, if you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. And you can also subscribe to our audio uploads on YouTube. And please be sure to share with your friends. Sharing is caring. And as always, we thank you for listening.